Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. <laughs> this is the bliss, licking they lips. Twitter with this, minimal risk. Finity shifts, ripping off rip. Quick in the hits, first on the list. This Matt Will going crazy on the daily. Dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment. Yeah, another day, another pod. All these thoughts are up facade. So I had to ask him what he got. Said he got a lot, said he got a lot of work. Got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Welcome everyone to the Daily Blitz Podcast. Our boy Matt Williams is not here today, but I am his co-host and your friend, Mr. John Legaza, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A, or just type in NFL Moving Averages into the Bluebird Twitter machine. We're going to be putting the Daily back into Daily Blitz Podcast, coming to you every day during the week. There's just so much information. The feedback has been so great, and Maddie and I have been printing cash tickets. What better way to start off a Monday than do a little look back at how the weekend kind of played out. Every NFL week is crazy. You're always going to hear that wherever you go. Let's fry through that board and check those results. Panthers got rolled up by the Giants 25-3. to I was on the losing end of that bet time to rethink the Panthers' defense. Man, the lack of use for Hubbard and Donald just looked really poor. Giants were really just kind of meh. Note for the Giants, Slayton really a focus of that offense along with Dante Pettis whenever Shepard is out. Next up, staying in New York, my Jets got annihilated by the Patriots. It was really ugly, really slow start for the boys in green and white, compounded with the Zach Wilson injury and the Jets defense really looked awful. Not what I expected from them coming off the bye. Yikes, not sure where the bottom for that Jets team is. Next one up, everyone was watching Chiefs at Titans. Titans rolled up the Chiefs into a little ball, stuffed them in their pocket, and put him in the garbage disposal. Man, it's time to get nervous about those Chiefs, I think. Mahomes looked wild as always, but usually his game being predicated on creativity, improvisation, didn't really work out for the man. Chiefs, it got really ugly really fast over the the Titans. They did what they had to do. We didn't see the huge game from King Henry, but really didn't need to. He did get his 29 attempts. Don't worry about him. He's just fine. Tannehill was really effective, and the Chiefs just couldn't cover A.J. Brown. I thought maybe the Chiefs defense was turning a corner against McLaurin and those Redskins. That was not the case. Speaking of McLaurin, let's go to Washington. Really not much of a surprise here. We had the Packers covering up the football team, and they did it pretty easily. One of the things Matt and I were talking about on the Friday show was watching that pace of play. The Packers move really slow. It makes them hard to cover it up. And then when they get ahead, which they usually do, then they rely on the run. We saw a bunch of that happen. Hard to get behind the Packers run attack because of the split with Jones and Dylan. It was less about Dylan. Really not too many run attempts. Just a snail's pace in this one. Packers really methodical with Aaron Rodgers at the helm doing the things they do. This one was really never in doubt. Then the next one really exciting was Falcons and Dolphins came down to the last possession. The Falcons starting to come alive. Now they're back to three and three. Dolphins at one and six. Not sure the Dolphins are as bad as the record states. Tua has been really good since he came back. He was 32 of 40, 80% completion. Not any bad. He used Waddle, used Gusecki. Preston Williams was back, did get his four targets. I was afraid that was going to kind of widen the target tree. So I was off of Waddle and Gusecki. They both look really good. 
I think they're both fantasy assets going forward, but the Falcons did get it done. Look out for Matt Ryan as well going forward. He went for 336 in this one, 40 attempts. We've seen the Falcons turn a bit of a corner on offense, the center of that being Kyle Pitts. He was excellent. Seven catches for 163 yards. I had Gage going in jock market. He had the long TD. Ridley was a bit of a bust. He got into the end zone, but he did also get those 10 targets. His opportunities have not matched production. I'm going to keep going to the well for Calvin Ridley. Eventually, the box score is going to catch up with the opportunities in particular if you're buying what I'm selling with Matt Ryan. Next big hit for us, we had the Bengals winning against the Ravens outright, and they did just that hit on the plus 240 money line. Loving every bit of that. Beat the Ravens 41-17. I still like the Ravens going forward. Both of these teams are at 5-2. and two. You might see them play again at the end of the year, but we saw our worries regarding the Ravens' defense and their propensity to give up big plays materialize against the Bengals. Bengals were very methodical. Burrow looked really good. He ended up going for 416, 201, one of those to Jamar Chase, but it was all about the big plays. Mixon had a big run. P. Ryan had a big run, and Chase had a couple of monster plays. The Bengals are really efficient on offense. The line play has been better than expected, and they're successful on both ends of the ball, man. Gotta like what Cincinnati's doing. They're not going to be a 250 dog maybe again for the rest of the year. Off we go into the 4 p.m. slate. It was Lions and Rams. The public didn't get what they were looking for with the Rams evisceration, something that Matt and I spoke about as well on Friday. Neither of us thought the Lions had a chance to win it, but they are not bad on offense. The defense leaves something to be desired, but these are professional teams, and all you need is a good start to spoil the 19 and a half point spread, which is exactly what we saw. The Rams are an excellent team. They do it all every phase. They ended up winning this one by nine. Again, just probably a point to the difficulty with covering double digit spreads. But going forward, if there's a team to look for it from, it's certainly these Rams. They do it all. And after that slow start that I mentioned, they really kind of go it on. Stafford eventually got it going. He was 28 for 41, 334 and 3. Exactly what you want. Cooper Cup keeping up that WR1. Status 10 for 13, 156 and 2. He never seems to disappoint. The big disappointment, my biggest miss. And what kept me from the big payday in DFS was Darrell Henderson. Even with a close game, I thought we'd see more of him. He had 15 attempts for 45 yards, three catches through the air for 19. He did have six targets, which we like. He did not find the end zone, and I think he left this one for a minute as well, but he came back and just really wasn't great. I'll probably be looking to buy low again on Henderson in the near future. I really believe in this Rams offense. They do it all. Next up, Philly went to Las Vegas. Props to my boy Matt Williams here. I was a big proponent of Jalen Hurts. I really thought he could do no wrong, particularly in regards to fantasy. Matt told this to be weary of an Eagles quarterback that might be getting benched as we hit the middle of the year, and I think that's got to be in the cards. Jalen Hurts, 34 attempts, only 18 completions for 236 yards. He did have two touchdowns, 13 attempts on the ground for 61, so there's that floor, but he lost the fumble, and it's been looking really ugly. That kind of completion percentage is just not going to cut it. He's regularly going into the half with less than 80 yards passing. It becomes very difficult. The Raiders are good. I don't think they're great, but they have taken advantage of porous defenses. 
Eagles are allowing 80% completion rates. I believe it's five times this season. Yikes. Got to get away from the Eagles. I did think they could pull this one off with an outright win. That did not happen. And to add injury to insult, Sanders went down for the Eagles. I don't know how bad it's going to be. So you got to be looking at a guy like Gainwell going forward for the rest of the year. Far as the Raiders go, I was on Josh Jacobs. He got injured and that was unfortunate. He was 6 for 29 on the ground with a score. And after he left, Drake got the lion's share. 14 attempts, 69 yards and a score as well. Added 3 catches for 10 yards. Got to be a player you circle in waiver wire ads. Let's get it going. Still got a few more games to go. Texans went to the desert in Arizona and got rolled up. They only put five points on the board. This one played out exactly as we expected. Arizona in a dominating win, covering the spread, but not getting the over. People were a little too high in the Texans offense. The Cardinals a bit too much up front. That front seven is excellent. Even without Chandler Jones, they've shown that they can handle bad offenses. Give me the Cardinals. I am loving that Super Bowl win ticket I placed after week one at 31 to 1 odds. That one has gotten cut at least in half. Cardinals undefeated. The last one standing strong. Keep an eye on them facing Green Bay next week. Bears were at the Bucks. Another one that I just could not envision the Bears with a competitive game. The Buccaneers are really strong on both sides of the ball. Tom Brady just incredible. Only 20 for 36, 211, but four touchdowns. Super efficient. Fournette, also the story, getting all the work on the ground. 15 attempts and four targets when you're up near that. 20 touch mark on a prolific offense like this. It doesn't really matter what I think about your raw skills or what we thought about you coming into the season. Fournette, RB1 going forward, as particular if that usage is going to stick for the Bucks And staying with Tampa real quick with Antonio Brown out. It was everybody's favorite guessing game, which wide receiver was going to get it. I was on Godwin, and it wasn't a bad showing. Eight catches on 11 targets, 111 yards, and a score. But the star of the show was Mike Evans. Six catches, 76 yards, but he was in the end zone three times. We all know it's very difficult to predict who it's going to be, but you got to admit, sticking with a buck stack in the aerial side of things seems like a can't miss into the night game. Me and Matt both had the Colts winning outright against the 49ers, and that's exactly what we saw in the bad weather. I think this Colts team eventually is going to have to start getting at least a little bit of respect. When I say they're a complete team, I don't mean to imply they're a Super Bowl team. I just mean to say they do things well in all phases. There's enough there in the pass game. There's enough there in the run game. They do enough on defense. Sprinkle in a touch of decent special teams play, and there you go. You're going to have a team that probably shouldn't be plus 180 dogs or wherever it closed at against such a flawed team like San Francisco. Elijah Mitchell looked really good on the ground. He went over 100, but most of that was one really long run. Jimmy Garoppolo, 16 for 27, 181 and 1. Not going to get it done. The sole focus was Debo Samuel, which is a pretty good place to put your sole focus, but you've got to do a little better than that. You can't just focus on one guy. The defense knows what's coming, and it kind of has prevented the 49ers from opening up. I don't know where Brandon Ayuk is. He's on the field, but he is not getting any looks whatsoever. I'm staying with my Colts. If they keep coming in as dogs, I'm going to keep pulling the trigger. I'm just not a believer in the 49ers. Want to see more from the defense. So there's like a quick wrap. We'll take you around the league every Monday. 
always good to kind of look back, check the hits, check the misses. We did very well on the betting board. I went two for two on the money line dogs, which, if you're betting dogs, is profitable. Two out of three so far against the spread. And I've got the Saints to cover. If the Saints get it done, that's seven of our last eight against the spread. And I have yet to have a losing week betting money line dogs. That's how we did handicapping. Over to DFS, it was a mixed bag. DFS is very difficult because you need all the hits. Quarterback, we did pretty well. Like Matt Ryan, everybody missed on Mahomes. Although I was underweight, that was not the thing that killed me. I had some Ryan Tannehill. He played pretty well at the price. Over to running backs, that was my big miss for the week. I was really into Darrell Henderson. I mentioned the letdown there. I was also into Chuba Hubbard. And between those two misses, you know, that was enough to drag me down even with the other hits we had. Take a quick look at Hubbard, man. 12 attempts, only 28 yards, 5 targets, 4 catches, another 28 through the air. The lion's share of opportunities was his but the Panthers just failed to get anything done. The line play was atrocious. The quarterback play was atrocious. It feels like there's only one way to go from here, but yikes, man. Panthers, during the last month, one of the worst teams in football. I think I'm getting beyond a buy-low situation here. It might be time to pull the cord on any expectations we had for the Panthers. Into the wide receiver room, I, I did pretty well. We were into A.J. Brown. He was a tremendous hit. I paid up for Devontae Adams at wide receiver one. He started out incredibly strong, got in the end zone early, but then again, that game just hit snail's pace. I think I'm going to keep going to the well with Adams, looking for the ceiling game. They're always a week away, seemingly. So wide receivers, we were okay. Again, I was underweight on the Chiefs, and that worked out pretty well. We were high on Bateman for the Ravens, and he looked pretty good. He's getting a ton of of usage, especially when Watkins is out. He's got to be considered pretty much every single week in particular if those prices are going to stay low. He got six targets. He went three for 80. So he's part of the offense, and I kind of expect that to even increase something Matt and I spoke about on Friday. Marquise Brown, star of the show there, 14 looks. Wow. Thought maybe a few of those would be going towards Bateman, and maybe they will in the future. So the wide receiver room, not really the issue as far as DFS goes. But again, you just need so much to happen, you know, to take down the big pools. So where A.J. Brown was this huge hit, D.J. Moore was a bit of a letdown. So even when we paired him with guys like Godwin and even Cooper Cup in spots, it just wasn't enough to get it done. Into the tight end room again. Matt and I were pretty accurate this weekend. I rolled out Henry. He got into the end zone. I rolled out Uzoma on the Bengals. That was really the top tight end pick. But I did kind of step on a rake full flat on my face as far as defense. Ended up with the Jets. I thought that one was going to be a bit more of a slugfest, a bit more of a dogfight. And that got completely out of control. Patriots dropped 54 burger on the J-E-T-S. My other defense was the Eagles. I think they only scored a single point. Not that you're looking for defenses to carry the load, but man, that five or six spot certainly helps at the end of the day. All right, so that's our little look back at week seven, how we did both on the betting board and DFS, but it's Monday and there's one more game to go. So let's just take a quick look at tonight's game. We got the Saints going to Seattle. The Saints are favorites on the road. It opened up at three. That spread got as high as four and a half. And since then has come back down a half a point. The total on this one is 
42, moved down from 43, and I think I'm seeing what the public is seeing there on the total, not so much on the spread. I really don't think the Seahawks are any good without Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, someone I've seen play as a Jets fan, not someone that I'm too excited about. Let's look at the Saints first. On offense, they are another one of these kind of snail-paced offenses. 57 plays a game, less than 300 yards, 31 and a half seconds for plays. They're always thinking about an under when we're looking at the Saints. They have not been very efficient, only 27 yards per drive, taking up less than three minutes, but they're very good on the ground. The offensive line playing really well, 4.9 adjusted line yards. That's up near the top of the board. 31 attempts on the ground for 126 yards per game. Seahawks defense has struggled up front, 4.5 adjusted line yards allowed, 32 attempts for over 140 yards a game. So I think the sole focus here is going to be Mr. Alvin Kamara, who people were worried was getting away from the past game when we've seen those record career high totals as far as carries go in both week three and then in four, 24 and 26, respectively went back to 16 on the ground, but got his five catches. I believe it was eight targets. Kamara back in business for the Saints. I believe the entire offense will be running through him. One more point to the Seahawks defense. They're allowing 30 fantasy points a game to running backs, seven targets through the air for 60 yards. Expect more of the same from last week for Kamara, taking a little bit of the pressure off Jameson Winston, who had his best game of the year last week. He went for 279 and four against the Redskins. Could this be a sign of better offensive production on the horizon for the Saints? Yeah, for this week, I think so. Seattle defense has just been really bad. They're allowing 39 yards per drive, over three minutes and 15 seconds per drive. Those are both in the bottom five. I already mentioned the rush defense. They've also struggled against the pass. They've only gotten to the quarterback 11 times, a 5% adjusted sack rate near the bottom of the board. 39 attempts for 26 completions allowed, over 290 yards per game allowed by the Seahawks. Not really hard to see why I think these Saints are going to easily clear that spread even if we don't go over the Seattle Seahawks offense has been, man, it's been a rough go. And now you swap out a boss like Wilson for kind of a bum like Smith. And I'm not sure if we've even seen the bottom yet for the Seahawks. It's been pretty ugly. They lost last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers who have not been that good themselves, 20 to 23. And that was a lot closer than that game seemed. If you watch it, the first half was a disaster for the Seahawks. Pittsburgh struggling on offense. If New Orleans comes out humming and Seattle gets behind, I don't think they have what it takes to get back against the Saints. Again, we mentioned the Saints defense. Let's get a little bit further in. Only allowing 18 points per game and 350 yards per game, 5.3 yards per play. Those are all really good. That points per play stat, I believe, is tops in the league. They're excellent against the run. Minus 31% rush DVOA. Only three adjusted line yards allowed. 3.3 running back yards per carry. Going to be a tough time for Collins, who I believe had a limited practice on Saturday. So he should be the focus of the Seahawks ground game, but they're going to struggle to get it going there. Saints are going to funnel them into the pass, and uh, I don't know if the Seahawks have the tools to get it done. Yeah, we like Lockett. Yeah, we like Metcalf, but they've struggled as far as the offensive line goes, and we have a stoppable force versus movable object thing going on here. Saints D against the pass really has not been great. The PFF line grade down below 60. They've gotten only eight sacks, adjusted sack rate below five, allowing 41 attempts, 25 completions, and 275 yards per game. 
but the quality of quarterback was a lot better. You know, they faced Tannehill and Cousins, Stafford, and Roethlisberger again. Roethlisberger maybe not great, but all of these quarterbacks are at least a head and one shoulder better than Smith. So with the Saints, I'm seeing a team that's pretty complete getting into the up part of the sine wave. I think we're seeing the better part of the Saints, maybe what we expected coming into the year. For the Seahawks, what can you say? You lose a piece, the center, the driving force, the engine, like Russell the muscle. And I'm not sure that there's a bottom to be had for the Seahawks. So I'm not touching the total. I don't like to go under numbers like 42, scoring being wonky. But give me the Saints with an easy cover in this one. Minus four, yikes. This one feels like it's more of an eight, nine, or ten point difference in this one. So I'm definitely smashing the Saints today against that spread. Let's make a couple more dollars before we wrap up this week. So that should do it for today's new edition of the Daily Blitz podcast. A quick look back at the scores against our expectations, a quick look back how we did as far as betting, and a quick look back as far as we did as far as DFS goes. I think accountability and transparency are especially important in today's market, something neither Matt or I ever shy away from. Well, I really hope You all enjoyed this new version, putting the daily back in the daily blitz pod with me, your host, the big guy with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud, John Legaza, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. Tune in every single day, rate, review, subscribe, check us out on Twitter at Daily Blitz Pod, one word, D-A-I-L-Y-B-L-I-T-Z-P-O-D. Thanks again so much for sticking around. Let us know how we're doing. Get up in the comments. Any questions you have about anything NFL-related, that's what we're here for. Any time of day, any day of the week. So from myself and my dear friend, Matt Williams, follow him at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. We appreciate you sticking around, and we hope to hear more from you. Peace, everyone.